passage this morning comes from Psalm 119. And for those of you who don't know, I'm Nathan Thomas. I'm the assistant pastor here at this church. It is my joy and delight uh, to preach this morning. Also, I'll be leading the initial inaugural youth inquirers class. And so if you are interested or if your young children are expressing uh, questions and interests in their faith, uh, we invite them to come join us. I will be there. Kieran will be with me uh, to make sure I stay on task. It will be great. It will be a fun hour. Um, and we're going to dive into the membership vows and discuss more about what we believe and who Jesus is. And with the prayer that our children's faith grows and that the faith of their parents become their own. So with that, let's Come back to Psalm 119. I, I won't be reading all of it. I'll just be reading the first two letters, uh, or at least the first two stanzas. Let me rephrase that. Uh, so this is Psalm 119, 1 through 16. Aleph, blessed are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with their whole heart, who also do no wrong, but walk in his ways. You have commanded your precepts to be kept diligently. Oh, that my ways be steadfast in keeping your statutes. Then I shall not, then I shall not be put to shame, having my eyes fixed on all your commandments." I will praise you with an upright heart when I learn your righteous rules. I will keep your statutes. Do not utterly forsake me. Beth, how can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. With my whole heart I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. With my lips, I declare all the rules of your mouth and the way of your testimonies. I delight as much in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. I will delight in your statues. I will not forget your word. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, let us find delight in your word this morning. Let, it, let your word be quick to our lips. Let us proclaim you. And so I ask that the Spirit work in our hearts and our souls this morning that we may be tuned towards you, that we find rest in uh, this passage, that we may find joy and delight in your word. And Father, I do ask, if I preach anything false or untrue, that it fall upon deaf ears. But I ask that the things that we may hear this morning may bring us great joy and delight in the Savior. Amen. In preparation for this psalm, I listened to an album that was just Psalm 119. The whole album, just all 25 stanzas, uh, is by this band called Cardiphonia, and each track was one of the stanzas of the psalm. It was 
very beautiful. I, I really like uh, the revert cover of Beth because uh, the cadence and the rhythm reminded me of Gordon Lightfoot, a singer-songwriter that I grew up listening to, and I was like, ah, oh, this is beautiful. I love Gordon, uh, but this is, wasn't Gordon Lightfoot. Uh, this was the Psalms, which we are to sing. This is worship. And the one issue I had with this album, and it is a beautiful album, I highly recommend it, uh, is it's very solemn at points, very serious. And I remember thinking, I kind of wish the tempo would pick up a little bit. And I understand their approach. It's a psalm. It's a song of worship. And I know we tend to sing songs that maybe not move the quickest. Uh, they, they're, it's very reflective, and that is, that is very good. We want to be reflective on the things that we sing. But this is a song of joy. This guy is excited. Uh, and the, he uses words like bless and praise and declare and delight. And the ESV uses many exclam exclamation points. Uh, it's also a song about rules. Huzzah! That's new. Uh, it is strange. When you think about music, when you think about the stuff that we tend to listen to, uh, they, rules aren't usually on the forefront. We're like, oh, right. Rules. Commandments. Boundaries. This is great. I can't think of uh, any like teen superstars pop songs that are like, yeah, I love listening to my parents. Like, I don't hear that very often. Uh, last time I listened to Mick Jagger, I didn't hear any songs about how we should submit to the government. <laughs> but then again, I might be listening to the wrong music. That's very much a possibility. But this is what the psalmist has joy in. Right? He's got joy in the word. He's joy in the law and the precepts of God. And when you start to dive into this, this song, you really begin to see why. Because as much as we tend not to want to admit it, rules and guides are very, very helpful. Uh, if I'm lost, if I'm hiking in the woods, uh, as I used to do quite a bit back in college, and I couldn't find my way back, I would be terrified. If I strayed from the path and I can't find my way back to the path, I am no trailblazer. I would be lost. I, I would be scared. But if I were lost and someone were to find me and say, yeah, I know the way. It's right over there. Come with me. Now that's, that's cause for great joy. I'd be excited. I'd be happy. I'd be thankful. I'd be Hopefully, quick to praise the Lord and give thanks for his provision. And that's sort of the approach the psalmist has. This world is dark and, and in many ways like the wilderness. It's hard to know the way forward. It's hard to know what is good and wise. And I'm telling our younger folks in here that that doesn't really get easier as you grow up. If anything, it gets more complicated about what is good and wise. And we can struggle to understand. But the truth, what this guy's singing about, those laws, those precepts, those commandments, 
Man, that shows us the way to God. It shows us not only the way to God, it shows us the way of God. It shows us our need for him, and it also shows us how to be like our Savior. It is in the truth of the God's word that we have great joy. And so that's your main point this morning. Uh, that is what's up on the screen. There is great joy in truth. I'm going to say it again. There is great joy in truth for it brings us to Jesus. So speaking of Jesus, I'm going to start with Jesus. So when I come back to Jesus later, you're like, don't think I'm just slamming Jesus in the middle of the sermon. Uh, the Gospel of John starts out, which is written by Jesus' best friend on earth. John is very clear to mention that throughout the gospel. Uh, he, but he really wants you to know who Jesus is. And when he wants you to know, he starts with this premise. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in darkness, and darkness has not overcome it. Now, we could spend a long time in this passage, but I want to pull out a couple of things here. John, in describing Jesus, mainly uses three words. Word, life, and light. This is who Jesus is. We, we want to start here because Jesus is the word. This psalmist is singing about the commandments, the rules of God. And I want to remind everybody that all of this comes from Jesus. Jesus is the word. The same words that the psalmist is singing is the words of Jesus. It is Christ. So whether it is the law of the Old Testament, the letters of the New, uh, the prophecies, the gospel, all of this, this is the word of Christ given to his people. It is a blessing. It is life-giving. Where we were spiritually dead, the word brings life. It is through the word that we both know life and light. Our souls awaken from death. Not only that, we are shown the heavenly way to the kingdom of Christ. And this is found in the word of God, which is given to us by Jesus. So we're about to hop back into Psalm 119. But keep in mind, when we talk about the laws and the commandments, this directly relates to Jesus. God's law is a delight that Christ has given to his people. It is life-giving. It nourishes us. It is light-bringing. It's a compass for the way we walk in the world so that we may follow our brother, Jesus. And our psalmist knows this. He doesn't need to see Jesus to know that the truth is good. And he gets so excited about it. This is the longest song in the book of Psalms. And it's about the commandments. It's about God's rules. Each stanza begins with a letter of the Hebrew alphabet. It is very well structured because he is excited to sing about the law of God. 
And the left immediately starts uh, with blessed. That's what our bard begins with. Blessed are those whose, blame, whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with their whole heart, who also do no wrong but walk in his way. Now we hunt for joy in many ways. We seek happiness through many things, whether it is uh, through our careers. Right? We're going to find a job that's going to do well and it's going to bring us joy. Uh, in our health, right? I'm going to take care. I'm going to eat kale and be healthy and I'm going to feel great joy. In money, I have the money so everything I need, I know I can buy and be provided for. I do not have to worry and in that I will have great joy. In our hobbies, man, if I want to break away from the world, I'm just going to go to whatever hobby that is, whether it is board gaming or reading or going for a walk, whatever your hobby may be, you can go to it and escape from everything. And in that moment, yeah, there's joy. It could be a slew of other things. It could be your home. It's so much that we try to find happiness and try to seek joy in. But this guy, this guy's like, no, 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 no. Happiness, that blessing, that's found in the ways of God. You can have the ways of the world. Take it. I don't need it. The heart that is joyful is a heart that is set on God. Happy is the way of right living. Because that is a way that brings us away from our sin. The very thing that would destroy us. The very thing that would separate us. Adam and Eve had one rule. They broke it. And their happy, perfect, holy, blessed, joyful existence was diminished and destroyed. They no longer had the same fellowship with God. But if we look at the law, right, if we look not to ourselves and not to our own interests, but if we look to what, say, what God says, this is the things, these are the things that I delight in, all of a sudden we're going to see what, what brings God joy. And not only that, what his people will delight in, what brings his people joy. We see this. We see it in the Old Testament. We see it with Enoch, this man that only is in Scripture for a couple of verses. But it, we know he walks with the Lord. And what we can assume to mean is he is a man who uh, delights in the commandments of God and follows it. And God blesses him so greatly that he doesn't have to taste the sting of death. Now, I will say that is descriptive. It doesn't mean that if we are good enough, God's going to just immediately withhold this curse of our sin from us. But if we're going to find joy and happiness, we're going to find it in the commandments of God. So I ask, where do you retreat to? It goes back to what I started with before, where we talked about job, health, money, hobbies, your, your life. Like, what do you retreat to to find that joy and happiness and peace? Like, I know for me, uh, I, tend to go, I tend to go to music. I, I love my records. I'm, 
uh, very cool in that. I have a record player and I'll sit and, I'll, and I will sit on the couch and I'll listen to a whole album for 15 minutes and I get back up and I flip it back over and then I listen to the rest of the album. And it's calm. For me, it's restful. It is a moment that I have to myself. But is it truly restorative? No. Not really. I mean, it's fun and delightful in that this is a blessing that God has given. But if I'm going to be restored to joy and happiness and have that deep delight, that's going to be found in God's word. That's going to be found in the commandments of God. It's his word that gives us life. It is through his words that we may see and know Jesus. It is through his word that we can see our sin and leave it behind. It is through his word that we have light and that we may know where to go. And in his commandments, that's, that's the way we see, that's where we see the way to joy. Right? In theory, Christ has made it easy, the path straight. Follow his commandments. You want to find joy and happiness? It is found in the precepts that the Lord has given to us. Retreat to truth. Go to his law. And for the psalmist, this is a full commitment. Seek him, he says, I'll seek him with my whole heart. Whole heart. Your precepts I, I will keep diligently. I pray that my ways may be steadfast in keeping your statute. I'm going to praise you with an upright heart. I'm going to learn all of your righteous rules. This is a deep knowing. This is a deep understanding. This isn't trivia. This isn't sword drills. This is going in and enjoying God's word. It's more than just, all right, I'm going to learn the Ten Commandments and I'm going to learn all the motions. I don't know the actual motions. Uh, but, and I'm not saying that's wrong. Don't hear that. The motions are great. Love the motions. Matter of fact, God's word should move us to motion and maybe even sometimes dance. But our eyes should be fixed on the commandments. I mean, we do not look elsewhere. We want wisdom. We want joy. We want these things. We need to look to the truth. And when our actions are guided by anything less, that's that's a golden cow. It's something that will lead you away from the Lord. It is something that will lead you away from joy. See, this is the thrust of the gospel. John talks about Christ being the truth, the life, and the light. When he came to earth, he followed these commandments to a T. Matter of fact, he did not falter for a single step. And he did so because we do falter. 
And Christ followed those commandments and he loved his father and he loved his bride, the church. He loved his people that he followed those commandments all the way to the cross. To give us life, to give us salvation, to provide us with the grace that we may know him and that we may follow him. He brings us into a marvelous family. We, we are given this beautiful truth. We are given a way to live our lives in a manner that will not bring us shame. It is a way, it is a way to live a joyous life. Yet yeah, the rules show us our need for Jesus because we see how short we come and God's grace is there for those who believe but it also shows us how to become like Jesus as we believe and we walk in him it shows us how to live in the manner same manner that our savior lived that's tremendous joy that is a tremendous blessing and so our psalmist does continue and and Beth, he, he says in the second stanza, our songwriter asks this very pertinent question. One that I think we all ask in some form or fashion. How can a young man keep his way pure? How can I go about doing things the right way? How can I go about being wise? How can I honor God? What is good? What is wise? What is holy? What is joyful? And it's certainly a challenge to young people because our young men and women are generally at an age where they're asking this question. The youth that I minister to, they're growing up and they want to know. That's, that's good. But it's not like age removes this question from our life. And for the generations that have come before, we do ask this question, what is wise? What is good? And he provides the answer right there, by guarding our ways with the word of God. It's not a big secret. It's pretty straightforward. And in keeping this, in keeping God's commandments and following his precepts, our singer uh, is transformed. Starting in verse 11, he says he stores up God's word in his heart. And he stores it up in his heart and then his lips declare praise. In God's testimonies. That is, in God's stories, in his laws, and his loves, love, the singer finds delight. Now we want to be a church that is welcoming and inviting. We want to be a church that is connected to one another and connected to the community that the Lord has placed us in. And if we're going to invite people to our church and if we're going to invite people to come and know Jesus, then we should know his ways. We should know what he has asked of us. He, we should know what is good. We should know what is holy. 
And we should know these things because when we dive into those things and we put these things into practice as we put our sin to death more and more, we find great joy. This is what the psalmist finds. The psalmist finds like, the more I find joy, the more I follow after God's commandments, uh, the God, more I follow the God who saves me, I can walk in the truth of God. He's jubilant because he knows God's ways. And that not only does he know God's ways, those ways has become his ways. What God has commanded has become his practice, and this is cause for jubilee and song. And this is a challenge for us to dwell in Scripture. It's one of the it's challenges in being involved with the youth is uh, the prevalence of phones. And I don't think it's just a challenge for youth. I don't mean to pick on the youth. They're wonderful and they are a joy and delight in my life. And as I work more and more with uh, the larger community of Westminster, I don't think it's a problem unique to them. We have our phones now. They're marvelous tools. Uh, they're great to help with many different things. But I think one of the things that they have done is taken away our desire to know and to dwell, to meditate. We're more focused on our ability to access knowledge than the knowledge itself. And that's, that's a problem because it's essentially saying, if I need to know something, I can just find it. Yet here, what the psalmist is saying, no, 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 no. The joy is not being able to find it. The joy is having it and keeping it and dwelling upon it. There's no if here. It's like, it's not an if I need to know this. No, this is my heart. This is my God. This is the one who redeems me. And these are his ways. I want to know his ways. This is the necessity of the truth. There's great happiness in this. That's why he dwells upon it day and night. And then once he dwells upon it, his own lips are quick with the good news. Quick with the uh, praise of God and our Savior. He doesn't look them up. He knows them. Because as we dwell in something, it becomes transformative. It changes us. It shapes us. When I attended Appalachian State, I, I went to school in uh, Boone, North Carolina. Uh, it was very common in, for the students there to grow out their beard and their, long, and their hair. Uh, and so I did. Uh, my beard was very, very long. I think it came down to about here at one point. Uh, my hair was down to my shoulders. And mostly, and I did it mainly because uh, a lot of App State students did it. I was very much a part of the culture that I was in. And it was really funny when I came back home to Sumter because I would get called hippie a lot. Even though I always showered on a regular basis, I wasn't that far in. 
I did maintain my hygiene. But I lived at App State and I took on those qualities that were around me. Because that's where I dwell, that's where I stay. My point being this, if we dwell in scripture, if we dwell in the truth of God, if we dwell in his commandments and precepts and in the word, if we delight in the law of God, we will be shaped by it. We will be formed by it. And according to the psalmist, we will be shaped to joy, shaped to happiness. So we must and we should and we absolutely need to meditate on the word of God. To commit scripture to memory. We not only delight in God's word. Yes, we should and we must and we do delight in God's word. But I'm saying God's word is joyful as well. It is jubilant. And if we neglect God's word, if we neglect his commandments, if we neglect scripture, we are neglecting joy. If we're going to ignore it, we're going to just pass it off. And if we're going to use the Bible merely as reference for a very specific situation, then we are going to miss out on some of the greatest blessing God has to offer. We're going to This is a great joy, a tremendous blessing given to us. And it moves the psalmist to sing. And if we're going to know Jesus, we need to know the word. If we're going to know our brother the way that he has come to know and understand us, we need to go to the word of God. Otherwise, Jesus becomes just a name. And John, when he's, Jesus is about to, about to go to the cross, he uh, gives this grace, great discourse. And in it, he says in John 14, verse, chapter, verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the light. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him. And have seen him. Jesus is the way to salvation. Jesus is the way to hope. He is the way to happiness. He is the way to joy. He is the way to gladness. And he's talking to the apostles here. And it is Thomas who asked him the question. He's like, how do I go the way you go? How do I know the way? I thank Thomas. I'm thankful that Thomas asked that question. Because this is a question that I know sits on my heart, and I'm going to assume it sits on many of yours. Because it's tough when you don't know what you're doing. I used to work at a ministry called RUF. It's a college ministry, and... uh, when I first started with it, they, they sent me up to Penn State um, because most of RUF is in the south. They figured, hey, here's a guy who likes cold weather because he was in Boone. Let's send him up north where there's also cold weather and no sunshine. And I was like, great. Um, 
And I had no idea what I was doing. I remember that first semester. I was lonely. I did, I did go to training. I had training, and I stayed awake for the most part. I did fall asleep in my boss's lecture, uh, which at the time probably wasn't that uncommon for me. But I didn't know what I was doing. And I'm sitting there trying to minister to people that I don't know in a place that I don't know, and I didn't know. That was pretty much my refrain every day was, I don't know what I'm doing. I was lonely, it was hard, many tears were shed, and a lot of prayer was prayed. Until Chad, uh, who was our campus minister, my boss, and the same guy whose lecture I fell asleep in, pulled me aside and said, all right, Nathan, one, I'm leaving, two, this is what you need to be doing. It's like, oh, okay, great. And he taught me, and he walked me through, and he talked to me about uh, how to have a one-to-one with somebody. How did, what do you do to talk to Jesus when you are in a one-to-one setting? How do you reach out to someone that you don't know? And I learned so much, and I retain so much of what he taught me in those few months between uh, that December and spring. And then something happened in my ministry as I learned how to put these things into practice. I fell in love with it. I really came to love ministry. I was close to like going back to school and becoming a German teacher. But once I began to know the way to go and what to do and how to put things into practice so it wasn't just theory, I found great delight in it. When we find ourselves lost in this world, when we are struggling, we're sitting there like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I'm in the wilderness. I I got nothing. Look to God's word. Look to his precepts. Look to his commandments. Look, Look to the Ten Commandments and see, all right, let's put these things into practice. Because as the psalmist sings, that leads us to joy. That leads us to Jesus. That shows us our need for Jesus, the need for a Savior, and it helps us be like him. We need to put into practice the very things that Scripture tells us to do. In John's first letter to the churches, and this is 1 John chapter 2, he says this, And by this we know that we have come to know him, So, answering the question, how do I know I know Jesus? Well, by this way. If we keep his commandments. Whoever says, I know him, but does not keep his commandments, is a liar. And the truth is not in him. But, whoever keeps his word in him, truly the love of God is perfected. There is gladness in putting into practice the commands of God. Because it shows our love of Jesus and it helps us know how he loves us.
when we walk according to the truth, we know our Savior. When we follow his precepts, when we follow his laws, I, I am telling you, we are walking in joy and happiness and gladness. Because we are walking in the same way that our Savior walked for us. So let us, let us delight in the truth that our Savior revealed to us. Let us put into practice his commandments. We have a great gift. We have great joy. And that is found in the truth that is in the word of God. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, let us have this joy. Let us feel this happiness and uh, your laws and your commandments and the truth of the gospel. Let us see that joy found in Jesus. May our love reflect it. May our actions be the way that Jesus walked. And let us find delight in you. Amen.